Thank you so much, PBS. So here we are on the Wednesday, sorry, what is it? Monday evening, February 28th. Happens to be my birthday. And this is the year of 2022. A Monday evening wildcard. I thank you all for being here. And as usual, this is a simulcast with a conference call. And we await people to join in. Right after this one hour wildcard show, we will go over to our whole planet healing conference call. We do every day at 7 p.m. Pacific. And on the Monday and Wednesday, BBS connects with us on the conference call line and broadcast the whole planet healing conference call on this station. So if you are interested, after the hour, hang in there. Hi. Yes, Ren? I disregard it. Did you get my text? I did, yes. Yeah, but I screwed it up. So disregard that. And I'm just okay. going to sit sit here in a coffee shop and okay. start it. Okay. Ding. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, would you like cool. to say your name and location? Oh, yes, I would. Antonio in California. Did you hear anybody say hello, Ben? Welcome, Antonio. <laughs> hi, hi. You have quite a bit of background noise, Ben. Yeah, I know. Can <clears throat> yeah. you go do old fashioned play in your car? Someone else who didn't happy Monday rock we say your name and location. Yeah, it's Lauren from Fort Washington. What's all the background noise? Hey, oh, that's me. That's me being Somebody. bad. Yeah. Somebody having fun in the coffee shop. I'm actually. Do they have a bouncy house there? We are on the telephone and we are also on the internet. And um, it's kind of an experiment in consciousness of integrating. Have you computer open, Yeah. Okay. It has to come from the each person permitting and allowing that to occur. Welcome, Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. Hi. How come you're so quiet? Me? I just got here. <laughs> I haven't had time to say anything yet. Why are you so quiet, when? Uh -huh. well, I'm busy making background noise. Haven't you noticed? Know <laughs> uh, where's Terry? 
I'm not here. Happy Monday, welcome to the conference call. Please say your name and location. Hi, hi, this is uh, Cecil and Betty in the Great Northwest. Welcome, Cecil and Betty. Hi, Cecil. Hi, Betty. Betty, we love you. Did you hear that? He said, he said Betty, we love you. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Betty. Love to you, honey. Hi, Betty. Yeah. That was Wynn saying hi, Betty. Say hi, Wynn. Hi. Hi, Wynn. Say hi, Wynn. Hi, Betty. Hi. Now, Betty. Betty, tell me, do you remember me? Do you remember Wynn? This is Wynn Free. And she got a blank blank stare on her face. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He doesn't remember me either, so don't feel bad. That's all right. And welcome to the next call. Please say name and location. Joy in Squim, Washington. Welcome, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Ow. Sounds like a party. <laughs> That's when I'm getting drunk. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a teleconference room. Now, where's Terry? Hi guys, it's Bonnie in California. Hi Bonnie. Hi Bonnie. Hi Bonnie. Hi Bonnie. Hi. Hello. Well, that was powerful. Hi Kathy. Kathy? Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi, guys. I'm sorry. I had muted myself. <laughs> I couldn't get... Hello. Hello. I was... Good to hear Thank your you. Tennessee voice. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the next caller. Appreciate the location. Roger in Austin. Welcome, Hello, Roger. Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, everybody. And welcome to all of you listening online through BBS Radio. Happy Monday to you, and thank you for being here. We are waiting for Wynn to get settled. 
Is Terry here yet? That's what he's working on, I guess. Ouch. Ow. I was working with. Happy Monday, welcome to the conference call. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> and welcome to the next caller. Please Hi, welcome, Darmananda. Hi, Darmananda. Hello. I got pokies again. What? I got pokies. What's that? The the stuff that you get from cactus plants. I call them pokies. Pokies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call them owies. <laughs> but. You know, I made up a good joke for the call this morning, and I forgot it. Uh, uh -oh. I think what that's a good it? joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It yeah. was good. Terry would probably remember. But she's not here, is she? No, she's not. I, I got an old blonde joke. Welcome to the conference call. Please say name and location. Now, anyone else having trouble getting in? Hi, Alan. Hello. Nope. Hey, Alan. Alan. Welcome. Hi, Alan. Hi. No problem Hi. here. Hi, Alan. Is that George? You know what? What? Yep. Terry is probably thinking, where is Lynn? Where is Lynn? She's <laughs> on the wrong call? Or she's waiting home, you mean? Yeah, she's home. Yeah. I shouldn't have gone out. I've been trying to get into 10 minutes. You've been trying to get on for 10 minutes? Yeah. Can we call her? Yeah. Hey, let's get started. Thank you for your okay? assistance. All right, then. All right. Again, thank all of you for being here. Uh, Muted. Today it is February the 28th, which is one of the greatest days in the history. Oh, here, here we go. The recording has started. This is February 28th, 2022. And right now it's when Terry hasn't come on yet. And uh, as you can, you might hear a bunch of background noise here because I am in a little restaurant in Sedona and I didn't give myself enough time to get home. And I'm doing a replay tonight, which is from, here it is. Hang on, let me skip all that and move it forward. has to come from the each person permitting and allowing that to occur. So for those of you on BBS, we can't talk to you. We can't hear you, but we can still participate with you in consciousness. For those of you on the conference call, 
um, we can talk to you. And let's see, Suzanne, can you guys hear me? Yes, I, I'm here. Okay, uh, who's who's on the line tonight? I heard Terry. Okay. Well, I have a partial list because I got knocked offline so many times. Okay, let's see. Who's your list? I have Karen from Tucson. Okay. Marianne, Gary, Ondine, Diane, and at one point John from New Jersey was on. Yes, Wayne just got on. Okay, Wayne. Hi, that's Wayne in South Carolina. We are going to look at the part of each of ourselves, which is invisible, on the other side of what you could call the veil. Now, some people may not believe you have a part on the other side of the veil, and that's okay. I'd like to ask you maybe to suspend that belief and consider the possibility and see what happens during the next hour. And uh, be willing to reconsider that. Are those people that have studied spiritual things or metaphysical things or even gone to church all have some idea that there's some part of us that we can't see. And um, this is an area where each person has to prove that to themselves. Do you have a part that you can't see or is what you see what you get, right? Well, for my own self personally, having looked at this for many years of my life, I am sure that each of us has a part of us that we can't see. But that's something I've proven to myself, and I've proven it in many ways, and that's not what I'm going to go into this call and talk about. But um, I'm asking you to suspend whatever belief you do have. If you think there's nothing there, I think that it might be there. So right now, there's part of you listening to my voice and part of you in some invisible dimension, and... Your body is in all different places. It's in your bedroom. It's in the easy chair. It's in the kitchen. It's looking at the refrigerator, waiting to open the refrigerator. It's in the backyard. Uh, wherever your body is is where it is. But where your spirit is is beyond where your body is. And what I've learned is that there's these dimensions where time moves at different speeds. And we know the time moves at a certain speed here, but, and we even know that Einstein proved that in this realm, if you're in some physical object that's moving fast enough, time will move at a different speed relative to the physical realm. So even in this realm, time has been proven, at least by Einstein, not to be an absolute. Well, in the invisible realms, there's layer upon layer of time timelines moving at different speeds. So where you are right now in the physical space, you could be occupying the same physical space of another timeline, and you wouldn't see that timeline. It would be invisible to you, but it would be there. And uh, you can have multiple timelines stacked on top of each other in the same physical space. And then... As you go through these timelines, eventually you could come to a place where there's no time, where time doesn't exist. Now, if you're at the vantage point where time doesn't exist 
and you're now looking through all these timelines, you can see everything. You can see the past, the future, because you are beyond time. And we, in our invisible parts of ourselves, stretch out on all these timelines. And one of the aspects of the invisible part of ourself is that it's unlimited. It can actually go from right here on the physical plane or close to it through all the timelines to the place where time stops, potentially. And people who have done spiritual studies might be familiar with the term the eternal now, which is the place where one attains to be, the eternal now, where time stops. And perhaps where time stops, there's chaos, there's nothing, nothingness, the void. And we are going to look at the part of each of ourselves, which is invisible, on the other side of what you could call a veil. Now, some people may not believe you have a part on the other side of the veil, and that's okay. I'd like to ask you maybe to suspend that belief and consider the possibility and see what happens during the next hour and uh, be willing to reconsider that. Uh, those people that have studied spiritual things or metaphysical things or even gone to church all have some idea that there's some part of us that we can't see. And um, this is an area where each person has to prove that to themselves. Do you have a part that you can't see or is what you see what you get? Right? Well, for my own self personally, having uh, looked at this for many years of my life, I am sure that each of us has a part of us that we can't see. But that's something I've proven to myself, and I've proven it in many ways, and that's not what I'm going to go into this call and talk about. But um, I'm asking you to suspend whatever belief you do have if you think there's nothing there and think that it might be there. So right now, there's part of you listening to my voice and part of you in some invisible dimension, and your body is in all different places. It's in your bedroom. It's in the easy chair. It's in the kitchen. It's looking at the refrigerator, waiting to open the refrigerator. <laughs> it's in the backyard. Uh, wherever your body is is where it is. But where your spirit is is beyond where your body is. And... What I've learned is that there's these dimensions where time moves at different speeds. And we know that time moves at a certain speed here. But, and we even know that Einstein proved that in this realm, if you're in some physical object that's moving fast enough, time will move at a different speed relative to the physical realm. So even in this realm, time has been proven, at least by Einstein, not to be an absolute. Well, in the invisible realms, there's layer upon layer of time timelines moving at different speeds. So where you are right now in the physical space, you could be occupying the same physical space of another timeline, and you wouldn't see that timeline. 
it would be invisible to you, but it would be there. And uh, you can have multiple timelines stacked on top of each other in the same physical space. And then as you go through these timelines, eventually you could come to a place where there's no time, where time doesn't exist. Now, if you're at the vantage point where time doesn't exist, and you're now looking through all these timelines, you can see everything. You can see the past, the future, because you are beyond time. And we, in our invisible parts of ourselves, stretch out on all these timelines. And one of the aspects of the invisible part of ourselves is that it's unlimited. It can actually go from right here on the physical plane or close to it through all the timelines to the place where time stops, potentially. And people who have done spiritual studies might be familiar with the term the eternal now, which is the place where one attains to be, the eternal now where time stops. And perhaps where time stops, there's chaos, there's nothing, nothingness, the void. And so if you are sitting where time stops, the slightest little intent on your part would ripple all through these timelines and then come out as a manifestation on the end of it, where your body is. Now, of course, this is not an easy thing to do, but in a certain sense, all of us have, most of us, I should say, have had some kind of experience where we've worked with a part of ourselves in other timelines and, and there was some kind of manifestation in the physical realm. And um, one thing about doing this is you can't violate anyone else's uh, timeline structure. So it's not that you can suddenly have a lot of power because you're outside of time and changed everything. Each individual has its own sense of structure and, and intention structure and goals and what they want to happen in their physical life. Except on our call, on this call, we're working for a moment to establish our energies outside of the timeline, or certainly at a higher level of timeline. And just by talking about it, part of you called your high self is actually listening to these words. And if, if this strikes intuitive resonances with yourself, like, aha, yes, maybe that's how it works, then you'll probably continue going along on this journey through the rest of the call where we actually exist and experience a manifestation of how existence feels outside of our timeline. Um, we all know that in spite of the fact that in third dimension, time moves what seems to be a linear function. In other words, if you're looking at a clock, the clock doesn't change. It's very steady. 
And if I have a clock in my house and you have a clock in your house, five hours is going to be the same for both of us. So when you start operating outside of time, the clock is not going to change. What will change is your perception. And we all know that sometimes we have a good time and sometimes we have a bad time. When we have a good time, our experience of time moves at a different rate than when we have a bad time. When we have a bad time, time seems to move very, very slowly. Um, if we're in pain or if we're hurt, even a minute can seem forever. Whereas if we're having a really good time, sometimes a day can flash by and it seems like, where did it go? What happened? So we have various perceptions of time, good times and bad times. Now, I'm going to suggest that when we're having a good time and when we have the experience of time moving faster, we're having that experience because we, the invisible part of ourselves, is in other, has established itself in other timelines and is downloading itself into your physical experience. And when you're having a bad time, you are somewhat cut off from these other parts of yourself, and time moves very slowly. When we move into these other realms and we join with each other in these other realms, time always moves faster. In fact, it gets beyond even the good time of emotion. It becomes almost like time is standing still. Now, those of you who have been listening to this show on an ongoing basis know that in addition to our energies, which are in other timelines, there's also a multitude of other energies, beings, consciousnesses, intelligences that are invisible to us, just as our own selves are invisible, they are invisible. But they can, they can interact with the parts of us that are in those other timelines. We can interact in a certain way with them. Now, some of these energies are not necessarily positive. So for the course of this show, this hour, we are going to ask that we only interact with positive energies on the other side of this timeline. Energies that are operating in the highest good of all concerned. Energies that are operating in what could be called the law of one or the Christ consciousness. And now we're talking about where all things become one timeline. And when you start getting closer to what could be called the eternal now, and you look back, everything starts to look like oneness. Everything is an expression of one energy, subdividing into this multitude of timelines and eventually a physical realm, a physical universe, which we are all trapped in. And um, according to my cosmology, this physical universe is a place that 
we've gotten trapped in, and we've been here for a long, long time, many, many lifetimes, and the real goal of life is to get untrapped. And that means where you could be here if you wanted to, but if you didn't want to, you could leave and not be stuck here. And um, I've had this experience of ongoing communications with some of the beings that I believe are positive and wanting to help us untrap ourselves who are on the other side of the timeline. And that part of our interaction is how to make those connections for ourselves, make the connections so we can experience, experience them in a personal way that you can utilize in your own life for your own benefit, for your own upliftment, and for your own understanding of the bigger picture of what life is about. And perhaps when I say life, I also should mean the space in between life. Because most of us think an awful lot about having a better life. But very few of us think about preparing for what happens when life is over. Where are you? Where do you go? Since we can't directly perceive that, it doesn't become a preoccupation of our conscious mind. So we focus on what we directly perceive, which is this small microcosm of perhaps 70 to 100 years that we're on planet Earth, and we live our life on and think about how to make that period of time more enjoyable, more fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you are here, and you are going to be here for that length of time, so you should enjoy it. On the other hand, if when we die we return to this invisible part of ourselves that we can't perceive when we're in a body in this realm, if that's true, it would be good to know the laws of how what we do in this realm affects that invisible part that we're going to be faced with when we're not in this realm. And that is going to create our next life and the life after that and the life after that. Because there is an interaction. There must be an interaction. And it's a hard interaction to suss out while you're in a body um, unless, in my case, I've had a huge amount of conversations with the sources in these other realms. They've explained things to me. I've done a lot of reading, reading particularly Edgar Casey years ago, convinced me that it worked this way. Um, Edgar C there's a lot of evidence that fairly well proves that life does go on after death, and, we, and even that reincarnation is the way it works. And people say, well, how come science doesn't recognize that? Well, science doesn't recognize a lot of things that confront it. It chooses to just ignore the data. 
and work with data that supports what it can work with in its parameters. So, you know, there's science in general doesn't recognize UFOs, psychic phenomena, miracle healings, um, all kinds of stuff. It just, when it's confronted with it, it just puts it to the side. And because, because, because there's not an explanation within science to explain it, then it's not considered. So those people that say, How, where is science and why doesn't science recognize these things, it can't. It just can't. Because once it does, it's not science anymore. Once it starts taking data in that cannot be proven in a in a in a objective way, then you're in trouble. So those people who choose to do the research to look at the experiences many people have had, and there have been many scientists. There was a scientist, Ian Stevenson, Dr. Ian Stevenson, probably 20 or 30 years ago, that fairly well put together a huge body of data that proved that reincarnation was real. And um, he did it by, uh, if anyone looks him up on the web, they can find the more specific information about this, but he did it by... Um, interviewing young children who had extraordinary abilities that they had no reason to have and finding out that those children would remember things that could only come from past lives, remember cities, remember parents. And he was able, in some of the cases, to specifically check out what the children remembered and prove it to be true. In my own case, and I may have told this on this line before, I had the circumstance where some years ago somebody gave me a reading and they told me that I was uh, repeating a lot of patterns from a previous lifetime, and then they told me what that lifetime was and what happened in that lifetime. And about six years prior to that reading, I had written a song which described exactly the same lifetime that he told me about. And so it was at that point, at that reading, that I was absolutely certain reincarnation was real. And so if reincarnation is real, then we have two things that become suddenly more important in this life. One is how to have an enjoyable, full, happy life. The second is, what is it that we do in our life that changes our future incarnational episodes so we can ensure that how we exist in the future is also a positive experience? And that is where the trick comes in because very few people take that into consideration while they're living their life because the fact that they might exist in the future is a piece of data that is not readily provable to someone. So I have done my own research. I am sure it works that way. If you're not, I advise you to do your own research and your own reading and come to your own conclusion because then 
you will be faced with also having to consider what will make a more positive future life for you after this one is gone. Because according to my understanding, we have thousands of lifetimes, and it's just one blip in thousands, and that we tend to keep repeating, repeating, repeating the same pattern, not only on an individual level, but society level and a planetary level. There's instances where, for example, a planet in our solar system blew itself up, the planet Maldek that became the asteroids, and those beings on Maldek ended up moving to Earth to continue their incarnation. In fact, according... Now, this, this of course, I can't prove, but I think it's probably true, and, and just according to raw channelings of Carla Rucker, those beings had to come in as Neanderthal men until the society here, the culture, was together enough to handle them to work out their their own karmas. Also, apparently there was a lot of trauma as a result of being involved in that explosion, and because of the trauma, they were not ready to experience full embodiment. And so... This is the way it goes in the big picture of the universe. We have a planet, maybe, and something happens, it blows itself up, the beings are moved to another planet, it blows itself up. Maybe this blowing itself up might take 50 to 100,000 years, and then it goes to another planet and blows itself up. And, and who executes these moving of souls from one planet to another is, according to my information, there's this group soul that was um, identified itself in my book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, which calls itself the Rob Rope, which is composed of graduates of the physical realm, beings that one time had physical existence and got off the wheel of reincarnation and now exist as a team of pure energy of billions of souls that administrate the lower levels, which includes moving souls from one planet to another. And I don't know if they're the only group that does that. And of course, I can't even say that they do do that. It's only I read that. And so it fit, it made sense, but reading it doesn't make it true. So it's something, if you're going to read it, you'll have to draw your own conclusion. But there's got to be some, if there's intelligences on the other side of the veil, there has to be some way those intelligences work and interact, and the raw material of Carla Ruckert is one of the best explanations for how that actually works, from what might be the horse's mouth, and also David Wilcock and Edgar Casey are allegedly channeling the same raw group, so you can read about those, and, and one of the things I did is I read all three sources, and realized how well they all correlated, which was part of what convinced me that I was on the right track in terms of drawing the conclusions I'm drawing. So, as we say, there's been all these episodes in the history of mankind where a planet has blown itself up, there's been mass deaths of physical bodies, there's been no 
planet to continue the incarnations on. So everything's moved to a new planet at that point, and that there's vast intelligences made up of graduates of this realm that move the souls from one planet to another. And according to the information, almost everyone on Earth has come from having incarnations in, in other planets and maybe a multitude of planets, gone through this experience. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been spoken of as gross repeating cycles, gross repeating cycles where people keep re-embodying, keep going through the same thing, keep creating the same results. And what they're saying is our planet right now is on the potential of such an episode and that it's not there yet. And the thing that could make this happen or not happen is us. Now, here's where it gets really interesting because we have the parts of us that exist in other dimensions meeting these billions of other energies, which I'm calling group souls, but also meet on other dimensions, and they can help us. They, we can join with each other and create a group energy, and we can join with them and create a group energy, and then we can create a group intention, and they're able to do interventions based on that. They are able to stop things from happening, but they can't violate free will. So there has to be a balance of energy here and enough people making a request for that to occur. Now, the request doesn't have to happen on this conference line. It doesn't have to happen where the person even knows there's group souls. They respond to the inner calling of a person's love and wisdom and, and their expansiveness of energy, and they can hear and feel that without the person having to know all the details. On our line... We do know the details, and I do believe those people who study the situation, the circumstance of my experience, of David Wilcox's experience, the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, it's pretty impeccable that this is what I'm saying is going on. So if you're hearing this and you haven't studied those and this intrigues you, please go back and study that material. The reincarnation of Edgar Casey, which is an introduction to the Ra group, actually, um, go to my website, higher-vision.org, and read the experiences that happened to me. Go to the insidescoop.org, and you can hear many of the voices of people talking, so you know I couldn't possibly make this up. And um, you'll find that it's all very congruent, and that there has to be an explanation for all these experiences I've had, David Wilcox has had, Carla Ruckert has had, that all tie together into the same direction, that we can create a group energy, a group consciousness. We, we can get the help of what I call these group souls that are positive. We can change the course of the planet. We have that potential if enough people here care enough to do so. Um, on a human level, 
we feel very helpless. One person would have a very hard time thinking they had any power to change the course of events on this planet. But when we start grouping our energies and our intentions together as a group, and then we have the group energies connected with us of these group souls, which are millions and billions of individual souls, we now have a real source of power and a real source of strength. And we have the ability to make requests that actually individually carry very little weight. But as a group energy attached to a bigger group energy, we really can carry weight. And also we can influence more people to see what we're doing here and also contribute to it. Because it's the consciousness that we create as humanity right now is so important and has so much power to change what could be the potentials. Are we going to go through another gross repeating cycle? Are we going to blow up our world at a potential? Are we going to have viruses that are man-made wipe everything out? Is that a potential? How do you how do you stand up against these potentials? You can't do it yourself. And this is a very simple act that we're doing. We're doing these conference calls every night. And on the Monday night call, this one here, I moderate and talk about these things and give more of an overview from my own experience. And Tuesday, we have Wayne and Suzanne moderating, and they they share a channeling from Carla Rucker, usually from the call group, and there's a, a history of these channelings up on our website, which explain in minute detail how things are working from the other side and how the interaction between us and the other side works. And if you're hearing this and you're new, please go to my website and go to the, the higher vision, higher-vision.org, go to the section that says Dimensional Shift, and Dimensional Shift Group, where it has the records of all the Carla Rucker channelings that we've read over the years last since the conference call started, or not quite since it started, but um, for the last year and a half. There's a huge body of information that you can um, start processing. And, of course, the co-group, as well as I say, never believe this stuff blindly. The most I can do is to challenge you and hope that you will start your own study and see if it fits. Most many people don't want to do this kind of study. They either want to believe it blindly or they don't even want to think that it's possible because while one considers the possibility of all this, one greatly increases their responsibility because if what I'm saying is true, then being on these conference calls is really important and that the next few years, what we do is very important. And sometimes I describe this, uh, an image might be, where a person stumbles into a room, and when they're outside of the room, they have no trouble opening the door to get into that room. But when they're in the room, 
they can't open the door so easily for whatever reason. It has a lot of resistance. And in order to get back out of the room, it takes a bunch of people helping, pushing against the door. And there's all these people that are locked in the room that don't know how to get out of it and have all tried to open the door individually and had a hard time. And until somebody organizes a team of people to say, let's lean against this door together and push it, then the door opens and they get out. So that might be an analogy of how all this works, that we are a group here creating a group energy to lean against the door, and uh, we need each other to push that door open. And, um, and we still need ourselves. It doesn't mean that uh, we each have our own individual lives. and We're not taking anything away from one's individual life and one's individual happiness. This is something that you must connect with it yourself. It must resonate, and in order to resonate and to come to that, you have to study the material and come to your own conclusion. Because if you can't come to this from your own full being choice, then your energy is not going to manifest. It would be akin to people who go to church because they think it's going to get them to heaven. They have no idea if there's a connection between that, but somebody said it enough times, so they believe it without question. And I don't believe it works that way. I don't believe if you go to church every Sunday, you're going to get to heaven. I do believe if you have your heart open and you treat everyone as part of yourself, which were some of the precepts of Jesus, if you love your neighbor as yourself, then you have then actually are living the precepts of what the church would actually mean to be. But if you're doing things out of a sense of ritual or fear or duty or obligation, even coming into this conference calls up with those kinds of thoughts, then you're not getting it. It's not going to work for you. You have to come to things with your full energy. You have to come to this with your own full conviction and belief as a result of your own study of the material, uh, talking to others, listening, you know, coming in regularly, even if you come in and you don't believe it, uh, come in and be neutral and listen and come to your own conclusions by yourself. Um, over the weekend, we did a... Um, a table at a expo in San Jose, and we invited many of the people to listen in this evening. If you're one of those people that were at the expo, I thank you for coming in and checking this out. And the real bottom line here, for me, if you study the story, my own personal experience, is this reality of what I call interdimensional communication, where I have had the experience of having many, 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 many verbal communications with sources on the other side of the veil, and that I've been able to ask questions that our answers have been very evasive, and uh, not from them, but from mankind, and they've given me very straight answers. And I think that I might have it correct. 
And on my website, on higher-vision.org, there's a little booklet there called Questions and Answers with the Elohim, which is available for free download, which is one of the things that I urge you to study to decide if any of this is real or not. It's um, excerpts from a series of channelings with a voice that identified themselves as the Elohim, who told me that they were the creative force behind this universe and that they have been very involved in many aspects of the evolution of this universe and they want to help us right now at this critical juncture of our own destiny in terms of the planet. And, you know, they're making themselves available, but they don't violate free will, so we have to ask them. And so part of our ongoing conference calls is creating the interface between us and them. And I should also say them is also the Ra group, which is the other group's all. And again, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to draw your conclusions. I'll just tell you how I've come to see it. There's two group souls. One of them is the Elohim, which has not had incarnations here and is outside of this realm and existing in that place that I referred to as the eternal now earlier, and that from that place of the eternal now, they have the ability to beam energy through all the matrices and all the timelines and reach any point in it like us right here. And so while we're talking, we're going to ask them to be beaming into us. We'll do it formally, but in in one of the channelings, I said, would you be on these calls? And they said they would. They'd work with people. So there's the opportunity to feel their energy during this call. And the other group soul is the Ra group. And the Ra group uh, is, is composed of graduates of this realm. It's composed of, of beings, entities that have gotten off of the wheel of reincarnation and joined together as a huge conglomerate, not only from this planet, but from other planets throughout the entire universe, and now exist as a group energy to help planets at lower levels of evolution. And both of these groups are very much involved with our planet, with the history of religious movements and spiritual movements on our planet, if I have it correct, and they're very involved with our conference line. And because I've spoken with them and spoken to the voices that have identified themselves, when I've asked the question, they said, yes, they're working on this line, they're working with the people on the line. Those people that request their help, they will you know, and that have an open channel in, in, in the other realms and their karma is clear enough to receive it, they will work with those people. And many people on this line have had various miracles, growth experience, things that um, they wanted and not found elsewhere. Another thing that happens on this line is that there's a community being formed. And the community is being formed spontaneously. It's not being formed out of any regimentation or duty. Um, 
I, I myself had no idea this was going to happen in the way it's happened, but the people that have been checking into the line regularly have gotten to know each other, called each other outside of the line, and developed real spiritual rapports. And I believe right now, in terms of the history of our world and where it is, it is extremely important to make connections with people on a spiritual level, spiritual relationships, because there is a good chance things are going to fall apart. And if they fall apart, if everyone's desperate, you would be really happy to have a group of people that you've connected with that are connecting for a spiritual reason and not based on the fear of survival. Because, of course, things can break apart. You could get groups coming together for, for survival, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not as good as coming together because there's a high spirit and then helping each other survive. And that is a very important benefit for anyone that checks into the calls regularly. And, of course, my vision is to have people all over the country and all over the world um, coming together and joining in small communities based on a very high spiritual principle. And that uh, whether it's through this call or some other means or some other group, it's a very important thing to aim for over the next couple of years and to have that for yourself so that there is a place to go to because if things get scary in the world and you're all alone, it's hard to transcend the fear. It's only you and the fear that everyone has around you. And if people have a habit pattern of having an uplifted spiritual vibe, then if things get scary in the world, then you have a place to go where you don't have to be scared. And uh, even if you should be dying, even if something like that should happen, um, certainly it's better to do that not in a state of fear. That's one of those things that will ensure um, a better future, better future incarnations. So on that note, it's 7.17, and um, we go till 7.25, uh, this evening, I was a little bit tired, so I hope, hope you, I don't know if you guys picked that up or not, but um, after doing an expo, usually I am kind of washed out for a day or two, recouping my energies. So I hope uh, you tracked this and followed it during the course of the call. And, uh, you know, I'll share some of the things we do aside from doing these conference calls. We do the conference calls every night of the week. The Monday one is one where I talk and give an overview explanation, like I'm doing tonight. And uh, and then after we get off the call that's on BBS, we go around and each person that's checked in individually on the phone line has an opportunity to put something in the light, to put their own personal uh, situation in the light. And then we put worldly things in the light and do planetary healings. And we do this in conjunction with the group energy we create with each other and the group souls that we believe are working with us. On Tuesday, uh, which is at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Wayne and Karen, Wayne and Suzanne, excuse me, 
do a call reading. And this is a call reading from Carla Ruckert. And Quo is another group soul. It's a derivative of the rock group. And there's hundreds and hundreds of call readings that have huge um, bits of data, information, comprehension of what's going on on our world from an interplanetary cosmic point of view. And then on Wednesday through Sunday at 7 p.m., we have a short conference call, which doesn't really present any information like the Monday and Tuesday call. It just is a calling in of the light and putting situations in the light, kind of like in a prayer group situation. So um, those calls last usually 30 minutes, sometimes a little longer, sometimes shorter, depending on how many people are on the line. If you're listening on BBS radio and you have the interest in checking in to some of our other conference calls, then please email Suzanne at higher-vision.org and she will send you the phone number. And uh, you're certainly well invited and you can check it out and um, you can listen and you don't have to identify yourself if you don't want to. You can be anonymous. And the bottom line is, is there's an energy on these calls which many people can feel and if you feel that energy, you'll know the call is for you. So, at this moment, we're going to finish with a calling in of the light on BBS radio, and then we will bow out from BBS, and those of us that are still on the line will continue and do our individual um, sending the light exercises. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this line and any negativity be taken to the higher realms of light and transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy, sometimes called the unified field, emanating from the center of our universe to the center of our galaxy through planets coming in from the outer rim of the planets, Pluto, Neptune, Jupiter, Mars, Venus, and penetrating the energetic fields of planet Earth. Finally, coming into your room where you are now. Of course, this was always there. We're just talking about something and making conscious something, which was always present and always will be present. And by making it conscious, it makes you aware of it. So you can feel this energy right now flowing around and in your body. You are in this flow of energy emanating from the center of the universe, through your body, through the crust of the earth, and grounding itself to the center of the earth. 
now we expand this energy so that we all touch each other. The part of us that is this energy, we're going to ask that it combines with each of us that are on this line, those that are on the phone and those that are listening on BBS. And, of course, if it's your free will desire to have this experience, and if not, you can listen and be neutral. So if we close our eyes, some of us will see lights flickering. Some of us will feel a band of energy around our forehead, an energy emanating from the center of our scalp, sometimes called the crown chakra. And that energy is going into these invisible worlds and it's connecting with each other. And we can feel the connection. We can feel the energy moving in from the top of our head, through our bodies, and into the earth, and extend it to each other. And as we join these energies, we are in the experience of the law of one. We have become a group energy in this moment. We are we're no longer bound to be separate. And of course, we're not stuck in a group energy. This is a free will choice where you could move in and out of it. There's nothing obligatory here. For the moment, we have a group energy. And now we invite those positive group energies, which we have called the Elohim group and the Ra group, to join with our group energy. And we send this energy around the world. We see it circling our planet and looking for darkness and filling it in with this positive, uplifting energy. We gotta stop this, okay? Okay. It has been stopped. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. a great talk, Win. It was awesome. I know. I used to be good. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> You're still good, brother. You know what? I was trying this I was trying to stop it because it was giving wrong websites wrong things, you know. Right, Rabbo. If you look- you wanna make corrections right now? No, it doesn't matter because we're off of BBS and everyone okay. on the phone line knows everything. But if you don't, go to the spiritchannel.net and and uh, we'll be on in just a moment. Oh, wait, we're still on. We're still on um, BBS. Forgot. Right. Don't go away. We're doing a um, whole planet healing and um, don't move. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Okay, bye. Thank you. Unmuted. So we're going to go Thank you. Thank you. This session is no longer being recorded. So if you're listening in on BBS radio, we're going to move over to a different conference call, and BBS is going to join us there at the other call, Whole Planet Healing. Thank you so much. Goodbye.
same location. You're on BBS <laughs> Radio. BBS. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Hi, BBS. Hi, Terry. Hi, BBS. And welcome to all of you folks listening in online through BBS Radio. This is our Hope Planet Healing Conference call. We do seven days a week at 7 p.m. Pacific. And BBS is so generous to broadcast it on the Mondays and the Wednesdays. Thank you all for being here. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, Antonio. It's Jeannie and Citrus Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Jill from Rochester, Minnesota. Hi, Jill. Hey, girl. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, everybody. All right. We are at 7.06, and Jackie is here. Don't it? Mute the dings. Mute the phone lines. Muted. Jackie, I wait for you, hon. Hello, hi. All right, and here we go. The recording has started. Hello, everyone. Today is Monday, February 28th of 2022. I'm Jackie from Julian, California. Welcome to the Whole Planet Healing Conference call. And it's Monday, which means we are sharing this call with our BBS radio listeners tonight. So thank you all for joining us and adding your energy to our effort. Now, this Whole Planet Healing call involves a collaboration of all of you who have joined us and our sources. And these are among the sources that you heard Wynn talk about in the previous hour. And they are the same higher dimensional energy beings that contacted Winfrey some 20, well, many, many years ago. And uh, as most of you know, this interdimensional partnership has continued to this day, utilizing the communication skills of his partner, Terry Brown. Now, these sources have indicated that they are adding their energy to our requests on this call for healing. We primarily focus on the planet, but also for the people, places, and situations that concern us. And there's a lot going on in the world right now. And uh, they do this while keeping in mind, of course, that the principle of the highest and greatest good of all be observed. Now, let's officially begin our call as we do every evening by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our invocation requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, and this work, along with a shielding from any negative interference. Cecil? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio, 
and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources who are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. Back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Cecil. Well, at the beginning of this call, we always look forward to having both Winfrey and Terry Brown uh, here to join us and just say a few words. I know Win was on the move this evening, so either Win or Terry, would you like to step in and say hi? I am here. It's Win. Awesome. I just I welcome everybody on the call and everyone who's listening on BBS. And if you listened to the call earlier, that was old. That was 12 years ago, believe it or not. And um, I was driving around doing expos. And I was on the radio. I don't think I, I don't know if I was on George Norrie yet. And then Terry got sick and almost died. And I stopped everything and I said, I got to keep her alive. And uh, the doctors didn't think she was making would make it. She was in the hospital for two weeks and then two weeks again. And uh, she could barely walk and she looked frazzled. And I was in the hospital. And I was like cheering up all the doctors and nurses (laughs) so they would give her good, good service. She had stage four lymphoma. And, you know, last week she has an appointment with a doctor every six months. And they did a blood test on her and and said she's good as new. And she is. She's really, really moved through so much stuff. And I think she cleared some karma when that was going on. And um, she's the person that does the channeling of our sources, which we do live on Wednesday and Sunday. You can go to thespiritchannel.net and you will find all the access numbers to our sessions. 
And this is one of them. We do this every day at 7 p.m. Pacific. It's called Whole Planet Healing. And it's different from all the other calls we do. And uh, um, it's a team effort producing it and putting it on. And I turn it over to Terry to say hello. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, it's like that was a very interesting time. I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and then they kicked me out, and then I came back the next day, and they kicked me out. And I uh, found the unconscious on the floor and took me back, and um, it was... It went really was wonderful. He stuck by me. He would sometimes sleep in the hospital or get a hotel room next to the hospital and come in really early. And the doctors would take, they would take my blood. The nurses would take my blood about 4 every morning. And then at 7.30, uh, the oncologist would come in. And, you know, <laughs> my blood would have almost zero um, white cell count and, He'd be really cheery, and it's going to get to normal. It's going to get to normal. And it did. It got to normal. I told him this week that, um, you know, that he reminded him he used to come in every morning and say, it's going to get to normal. And uh, it did. (laughs) Yeah, and the nurses would come in all day, every day, every time it changed. Well, if you stop reading, what, what do you want to happen? And I always just tell them the same thing. You, you better uh, revive me or win's going to be really mad. <laughs> so um, it, it's good to be connected with everybody here. It's a great group Everyone you want to hear. Uh, and our sources are really happy with the connection uh, and to everyone. Um, and now back to Jackie. Thank you, Terry and Wynn. And we are so grateful you're still with us here, Terry. And that is so funny what you told the doctors about better revive me or Wynn will be mad. And the rest of us would have been really mad too. So um, we are going to go next to Bonnie from... Corona, California, and Bonnie uh, is familiar with many of the channeled messages that are archived on the spiritchannel.net. And as you know, Terry, who just spoke, is responsible for the majority of those channeled messages. Bonnie chooses something of interest from those archives or a related compatible resource, and she shares that with us every evening. So, Bonnie, what do you have for us tonight? Hi, thank you. Okay, we are going to take a look at a call that took place on February 3rd, 2010. It was a Wednesday night call, question and answer. And after Wynn calls in the light, then we have a greeting first from Ra'an through Terry. And this greeting says, this is Ra'an, and we are pleased to be with you this third day of February 2010. We look 
at the individuals on Earth in the third density, and we see how much they desire love. If an individual can be classified as service to self, he or she is seeking love and fulfillment in sort of a reversed order. An example would be when an individual is in a job and there is another in a similar job that is excelling at their job and getting tons and tons of praise. The first person may start thinking, oh, I wish that other person was not that good. And I wish that they wouldn't do so well. And then if the other person fails at something, the first individual might think, oh, I am really glad they failed because now they will like me better, which does not really in the long run have anything to do with whether they are loved or not but it is perceived in that manner. So individuals all over earth in the basic, in the basis of much of their actions are seeking to be loved and fulfilled. Do you have questions? And when asked, yes, we do. Does it serve me to know who I was in a past life? And is it possible to live a parallel life while we are in this life? Okay, so does it serve me to know who I was in a past life? And is it possible to live a parallel life while we are in this life? And raw on through Terry answers, it can well serve you to know particularly the past lives which are affecting you in this life. However, when one accesses that, they need to go down the channel of the attention. Past life instance related to this life can bleed through like ink bleeding through a blotter and taking control at times of the individual's holographic face. Many times there is a bleed through of past lives. Once one knows the past, they can let it go. Sometimes it is triggered and gets stronger and more bothersome until the time they can see it and understand that that was there. And then attention goes off at it and comes to the present. In regard to living a parallel life, it is possible to be somewhat focused in two bodies at the same time. That would be parallel. Individuals have a life in the higher realms at the same time they have a life in the third density. And many times the life in the higher realms becomes eclipsed 
almost totally by the life in this realm. So it is possible, yes. And I just realized <laughs> how this question and answer is a parallel, quote unquote, parallel to what the last previous call was. So that that was an unplanned synchronicity. <laughs> I will turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Yeah, that topic is always so interesting to get into. Now, um, we next on our call, we always join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. And Jennifer researches the most recent earthquake and volcanic activities on our planet. We do this because our sources have asked us to stay informed of these current uh, events. They've also suggested that the most beneficial offering we can extend is the energy of calmness. So as Jennifer guides us to each area of activity, let's gather our group energy and let's get in touch with the feeling of calmness and tranquility. Imagine what that feels like to you. And let's focus this emotion and send it to all areas of concern. Jennifer? Thanks, Jackie. I would like to invite everybody to participate in this, even our new BBS listeners. What we do is we go around the world and send calming vibrations down to the areas that are seismically and volcanically affected. And the first place we're going to look at tonight, oh, I forgot to, I want to invite Mother Earth to travel with us. And along our journey, as we continue to send calm down, Mother Earth can actually increase our intent. And tonight we're going to look at Hawaii first. And on the big island, it was a rather busy day. It did have 36 earthquakes. Fortunately, they were 3.3 and under. So they were quite low. We had two up on Mauna Loa that were 2.6 and then one that was under two. And then Pahala, the area that's always rumbling, had the 3.3. And there were several, many, many, many of them there. And then looking at uh, the volcano Kilauea, today it started to effusively erupt again. It has been kind of quiet for a couple of weeks now. So it is on the move again. And likewise, south of Kilauea, we had two um, little activities in the twos over that way. And then we also had, south of the island, we had a 2.2 at the undersea volcano, Luihi. So let's just take a moment of our time and send calm energy down to Hawaii. And what we can't see, especially um, the fault lines, fracture zones, hot spot, anything that can af- affect the island. And also, we have a lot of undersea volcanoes in this region. And as we're sending calm down, now we're going to move down to the southern part of the Ring of Fire. We're going to look at New Zealand first. We did have a 4.5 off the North Island, 
and we also had a 4.4 there in the sea. Moving up along the trench, it's called the Kermadec Trench, we had a 4.8 off in the sea off one of the Kermadec Islands. Continuing northward to Fiji, we had a 4.6. Now we're going to turn west along the southern side of the Ring of Fire over to Papua New Guinea. We did have a 5.0 there. Continuing into Indonesia, we did have a 4.9 and lots of threes, some fours in this area. And there's an ongoing swarm of uh, earthquakes in Indonesia. It's about about halfway along the crescent there. And I forget what that sea is called, the Flores Sea, Flores Sea. There has been an ongoing swarm there for probably three or four days. So we want to put that in the light because that was a 4.8 in that area. And then we're going to now um, head a little bit northward to Japan. We had a 4.2. And we also had Suwanozajima erupting. Continuing north towards Kamchatsky, which is owned by Russia, we did have actually a pair of 5.3s today. And we also had a 5.1 in this whole swarm. So this is some serious uh, trench. It's the Kirill-Kamchatka Trench is what it's called. And it's just north of Japan and just south of Kamchatka that is owned by Russia. And now we're going to move across the Aleutians. And we did have a 4.5 out on Fox Island. And on the mainland, we had a 4.3 at Anchor Point. And Great Sitkin Volcano, which is on the um, Aleutians, is erupting today with lava. Moving down through Washington, we didn't have a whole lot going on there. Guys have been very quiet. But I would like us to send calm to Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens. Helens did have a couple of little uh, vibrations today. So we want to calm the area down. Moving down into Oregon, same thing. We want to send calm to Mount Hood and Three Sisters Volcano. And now we're going to move down into California. We did have a 2.7 at Petrolia. And this is at the Mendocino Triple Junction. It's offshore. And it's where the San Andreas Fault comes onto shore. And then we're going to move down <clears throat> to the geysers, which are always swarming. They were low level. Uh, the San Andreas Fault all the way down. It was actually pretty quiet on the San Andreas today. 2.2 at Pinnacles was the largest. And then moving down into Southern California, we had a 2.3 at Cabazon. And a 1.6 just east of Julian. Hang on to your hat there. <laughs> and then on the eastern side of the uh, state, we want to put Long Valley Caldera and also Ridgecrest into the light because they are always busy swarming. Now, before we leave the U.S., I do want to mention Stanley, Idaho had a 2.0. West Yellowstone had three low levels, but nonetheless, there was activity there, and it's all centered around Yellowstone Lake. And then up in Montana, we had a couple of real low levels. And moving south to Utah, we had a 2.7, and Oklahoma, 2.5, and West Texas, 3.0. And 
now we're going to move down into Mexico. We had a 4.1 and less, and we did have a 3.3 that was just across the border near Tijuana. And then Popocatepetl was erupting today in Mexico. Heading south to Guatemala, no seismic, but we did have Fuego erupting. And then off the coast of Nicaragua, we had a 4.0 just a little while ago. And Telica, Telica is erupting. And then 3.1 in Costa Rica, moving straight down into Colombia, South America. We didn't have seismic, but we do have a volcano, Novatos del Ruiz, that's erupting. And then down to uh, Ecuador, we had San Jay that was really erupting today. Down to Peru, we had a 4.0. And then down to Chile, where we had a 4.5. And then we're going to come all the way to the southern tip of South America, and we're going to head east. We come out to an area called the South Sandwich Islands, and we had a 5.2 there today. And then moving up along the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, and this is that ridge that runs through, uh, down right through up between America and Europe and Africa. So as we stop on the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, we want to send calming. There was a 5.5 there today. And then moving across um, Europe, we had a 2.5 swarm going on in Gibraltar. There was a lot of little activity there in that area. And then we had twos in Spain, 3.0 in France, in the Bay of Biscay, which if you don't know where that is, it is the Atlantic Sea, but it's the Bay of Biscay. But this is in the area um, between France and Spain. And then we're going to head over to Italy, where we had a 3.8 in northern Italy. Greece, we had a 3.5, and then a 4.0 in Crete. Moving to Turkey, we had 3.3, 4.0 in India, Pakistan, right on the India-Pakistan border area, 4.6 in China, and a 4.3 in Myanmar, which used to be Burma. And then that brings us back to the Ring of Fire. So we've completed the journey around the world, and I'd like to thank everybody participation and I'll send y'all back to Jackie. Thanks. Thank you so much Jennifer. Well in just a few moments Wynn will be taking us on his guided visualization and he'll be addressing many of the other issues that also concern us in this world. But first these phone lines are going to be unmuted And you have this opportunity to put your concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. And if you are listening to us on BBS radio or to a replay, this is also the right time to put forth your personal concerns. And I'd like to thank everyone for your contributions tonight. Unmuted. I would like to put into all my healing assistance and protection for the beautiful mother, a human family, a flora and fauna, all the sentient beings. I'd like to ask for assistance for all of my other prayers. 
and healing assistance for myself, my family, and all of our families present here with much love and gratitude for all the support. Thank you. This is Jody in Issaquah. I'd like to put Pele, the goddess of fire and volcano in Hawaii, into the light. Mm-hmm. Tom in San Jose asking for support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike, and Mike Landell. Thank you. This is Jennifer from Greensburg, and I'd like to put everybody on the call on the healing list, regardless of one's individual need. I'd also like to extend this to our families, loved ones, pets, and our BBS listeners. We are so happy that you are with us. I would like to make mention of Wynn and Terry, asking that we send them love light energy to bolster them and help them to get through this body of work because it is quite extensive. I would also like to mention Cecil and Betty, who need our prayers, Monica and Larry, Lauren in Washington, Tom in San Jose, White Dove and Willow, Phyllis in Washington, Joe T. in Washington, Antonio Jr., Sr., and Abby, Hayek and Kathleen, Mimi and her husband Larry, sending lots of love light to them, Maxalina, and our friend Susan in Canada. Sensitive to the energy and least wise. We ask that as they get older, they get wiser. So they can become worthy to be in charge of this planet. We go to the animals and the pets who help keep their owner's chakras open. We go to the plants and the trees and the bushes and the flowers that all take in the energy from the higher realms, moving it through their bodies, their stems, their leaves, their trunks, and their roots into the earth. We do the rocks and the minerals and the crystals. It can very stably hold the energy of the higher realms. And I remember our sources saying one time in one of the sessions, what we call the negative in this realm, the service to self, those beings here who are perpetrating negative agendas designed to harm people in one way or another, certainly to deceive them. And many of them, it stuck on the role of doing this lifetime after lifetime. And our sources said, you know, eventually they're going to end up incarnating as rocks 
So I'd like to mention that in case any of them are listening, to take that into consideration. And we go to the fish and the sea life and the dolphins and the whales. We go into the surface of the earth and the earth has this big energy field that expands through its entire interior and then goes through the surface and includes all life on the surface. And the earth has to process the energies of life. And particularly the humans are a little bit tough. Maybe more than a little bit. And their activities. Imagine what gets processed with a war that's going on right now in Ukraine. And so we send healing energy to Mother Earth and gratitude for giving us this opportunity to have bodies on her surface. We go to some of the other out-of-balance situations. We go to the earthquake waves that travel through the Earth and terminate the potential earthquakes and volcanoes. We send calm energy We go to the surface of the earth and we do the earthquake zones, the ring of fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. We put a U-shaped column of light, a huge one, coming down on this entire area, extending from Asia to North America, to Central America, and to South America. And we send calm energy. We go to the New Madrid fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. And we put a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter, big enough to cover the entire vaulted area, penetrating through the ground and sending calm energy. And we go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line, coming down on from the North Pole through Iceland through the middle of the Atlantic Ocean as far south as the tip of South America. We put a longitudinal column of light along this and we send calm energy through the water 
to the land underneath the water. We ask our sources to help us find all the other earthquake and volcano potentials all over our planet. You know, Jennifer did the events that happened in the last 24 hours. We're working on the potentials for the future. We ask our sources to send calm energy to all these potential areas of earthquakes and volcanoes. Now we go to the other out-of-balance situations. You know, one more thing on earthquakes. Any earthquakes and volcanoes that need to occur because the Earth is releasing stress, we ask that this, these occurrences can happen gradually and away from population centers. Now we go to some of the other out-of-balance situations. We do the coronavirus and its mutations and ask that it be rendered harmless. We go to the immune systems of humans and we ask that they be strengthened. We go to the toxins that are in vaccines and ask that they be transmuted and side effects terminated. We go to the awareness of humans and we ask for increasing the awareness of more humans discovering the alternative news which is exposing the agendas of the negative. We ask for upgrade in awareness that more people learn about these agendas that are masqueraded to look positive. And it's hard to believe sometimes, but they are. And for the increased discernment so people can tell what's going on. We ask for the increased awareness of the higher dimensional aspects of our realm, 
where our sources exist, the Elohim group and the Ra group and the angelic realm, and developing their own direct relationships with these realms and access to the positive sources that can answer requests. We go to people who suffer and we send down the Christ energy. We see them if they can open to it. We see it moving through them and opening their hearts and lifting their consciousness in spite of whatever circumstance is causing suffering. We go to droughts and we ask for rain in those areas where there's populations and animals. We go to the governments of our planet and we ask for qualities of leadership that cause people to feel safe and protected and cared for. And if we don't have those leaders today, we ask to have them tomorrow. We go to those countries that are adversarial with each other and ask that they can settle their differences nonviolently. And of course, we have the situation right now in Ukraine where people are being killed and buildings are being bombed and destroyed. And we particularly focus this energy on the country of Ukraine. We go to interventions. We ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask for transmutation of toxic materials, mentioning radiation, mentioning chemtrails, mentioning 
radio frequencies of microwaves and 5G, which are toxic for humans. I mentioned the coronavirus again and its mutations. And anything in food, air, water, or medicine. We bring the energy back to ourselves now. We're like big antenna on the Earth. We see this energy moving through the galaxies and ending up on our own personal rooftop. And we put an energy filter that only lets positive energy through it. And if we're comfortable, we can invite this energy into our home and let it spread through every cubic foot, lifting the vibration and transmuting any negative vibrations. We put this energy on the outside walls of our home, creating a shield that negativity can't get through. And now we bring these energies to our bodies, which activates our souls. opens our chakras on that note we are going to bring an end to the verbal part of this call and we're going to leave the lines open for any of you that want to stay on the line and hold this energy, reiterate some of the things we've said. Send this energy to people you care about. Thanks to everyone for being here. Thanks to everyone who has been volunteering to implement this call. Thanks to Terry, of course. And thanks to our sources for trusting us with this responsibility of bringing this to our planet. And on that note, we'll see you all next time. This session is no longer being recorded.